This week's episode is brought to you by my therapist. Yes, my personal therapist. Here's why. Over the past couple weeks, I've been struggling to finalize everything before my manuscript is due. As you know, my book, Fighting for Our Friendships, is hitting bookstores in early 2024. And my manuscript is due in a few weeks. And it is it is stressful, okay? That is an understatement. But as I've been putting this book together, it stirred up a lot of stuff, a lot of personal stuff. And I'm surprised because typically I like to situate myself in a very objective, depersonalized space. I pride myself on being able to bring you interesting research about female cooperation, female conflict, women's communication and friendship, all those things I get so excited about. And I'm proud to be able to give you the facts. I'm proud to be able to share research. I love hearing your stories. I love coaching you uh, and co-creating strategies with you during personal one-on-one sessions. And as a coach, I've been so adamant about, nope, this is not about me. This is about you, your goals and your journey. But I've also been able to hide behind that as well. And I try to be objective, but perhaps I've lost a little bit of humanity in separating myself so much. And so on today's episode, in an attempt to (laughs) figure out some stuff, you hear my hesitation, don't you? I'm like, this is unnatural. This doesn't feel good. But I feel like I have to model what I talk about. And we talk about the real definition of vulnerability, what that looks like in relationships, how to identify false vulnerability and how it's It's a prerequisite for experiencing the kind of platonic intimacy that you desire. And if I'm going to talk about that, I have to model it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm about to tell you all my business because it's still the internet after all, (laughs) okay? But um, I thought today I would share with you four behind-the-scenes things about this business in the hopes that it makes the content itself resonate with you even more as you see that a real person is behind this. And so I want to share with you a little bit about the business Friend Forward, about how it was formed, about some of my personal struggles, um, past and present with the business and some friendship stuff, and then let you know what my plans are moving forward uh, for this business. And also to thank you for being along for the ride. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. Today, I'm walking you through four behind the scenes secrets of how this business operates, what friendship coaching looks like, and how my personal friendship journey has inspired a bit of this. So if you're typically only here for like the tips and insights and research, you might want to skip this episode (laughs) because unfortunately I'm talking about myself in this business and you can hear my discomfort, but this is an exercise and cheering of myself. (laughs) Okay. Um, Four insights. The first is this, When I got into friendship coaching, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to tell anyone that this is what I do. Why? Because I very recently realized, and I'm talking in the past two weeks of therapy, that I have situated a lot of my pride and identity in what I do. Before this, I was a high school teacher and academic chair, 
And then I left the classroom to get into public relations. And I was a publicist for very um, high achieving, some relatively high profile women. As both a teacher and a publicist, I felt very proud to tell people what I do. Telling them I was a teacher was viewed as something noble. In fact, I once had a boyfriend who always introduced me to people by saying, you know, this is Danielle. She's a teacher. And now that I look back on it, that was kind of weird. I see that he was proud of that too, but I was proud of that. And I thought, yeah, I'm a teacher. Okay. And I really respected that. And I liked that it immediately communicated um, my heart, my intelligence um, by just saying that, giving that label. Being a publicist was like very badass and cool. And so I, I loved leading with that. The day that I told my high status book club, and these are women who own their own law firms, who have sold multiple businesses to Google, who are, you know, tapping various business lists, you know, uh, the best of business lists, both here in Florida and nationally, um, published authors. I mean, these are high profile women. And when I had to share with them that this is the direction I'm taking, um, it was met with a lot of uh, confusion and a little condescension as well. And so from the very beginning of doing this work, I've always felt embarrassed, not always, at the beginning, I felt embarrassed to announce that I was a friendship coach. Why? Because people automatically think I work with children. They think that it's a made up thing, which it kind of is. <laughs> I'm happy to have kind of maybe, maybe pioneered the blueprint four years ago. So it kind of is. Um, not now. Now more people have come out as a friendship coach and that's really great. Um, and, um, and also because we see friendship itself as a, um, a recreational, easy, sometimes juvenile thing. Being friends, making friends, friendship. Um, it's often portrayed to us in a very light, diluted way. Um, come to the party and eat, you know, eat food, have some drinks, make some friends. I notice that it's always squished among other um, things whenever somebody's trying to promote an event. We tell kids, oh, go make friends. It's easy. Just go make friends. And they have an entire time in their day dedicated to going outside and making friends. Um, businesswomen don't often talk about friendship because that's not serious business. And then this misconception and this um, condescension about friendship is compounded by the fact that it's female friendship because typically in our society anything that's a feminine interests is seen as frivolous so when I say I'm a female friendship coach I still to this day get um looks of like oh that's cute or people ask oh what age group do you work with and um I I try to resist the urge to qualify what it is I do and to prove that it's it's a le it's legitimate work. You know it is. That's why you're here. But it's something to this day that I, I still kind of like, eh, I hesitate because I know it's going to be a whole thing. Um, so obviously, I'm glad that, you know, four years later, it's a brand that has been partnered with the NFL. And as you know, I've been able to give talks at um, TikTok and the NBA and um, just a lot of other cool things, a lot of national press. 
a, a recent book deal. I mean, so many cool things have come out of something that once used to embarrass me. And I'm grateful for that blessing. Um, but I just think it's interesting because I'm not the victim here. I think it speaks to how we view friendship and especially female friendship and our need to um, approach it with the gravity that it commands. The second thing that I feel like people should know about friendship coaching in this business is that um, most people assume that a person who hires a friendship coach is a socially anxious, awkward wallflower. And while that person is certainly on my roster, I think people would be surprised to know that about 75% of the women I work with are charismatic, high-achieving women. And they approach everything else in their life strategically. So they want to approach their platonic relationships that way as well. Extroverts come to me who have no problem making friends, but their issue is deepening their friendships. Because loneliness is not about not having relationships. It's about how you feel about the relationships you do have. And I did an episode on loneliness a while ago during the pandemic, but it's still relevant today, just as it was then. And so I plan to do an upcoming episode on that um, to illuminate some things. But um, mostly I'm working with high achieving, really smart um, and funny women. Um, And sometimes, and I've never said this aloud, sometimes after a session, even though I remain like objective and I bring the same energy to every session, sometimes I find myself thinking like, oh my God, she is cool. Like (laughs) I would want to be friends with her. She seems amazing. So I just want to like kind of burst that myth about, you know, it's awkward women who don't know what they want and they're scared to say hello to people. I mean, I get some of those too and I get a lot of fulfillment out of working with them as well. But it's women who want more. They want satisfaction. They want to know how to have a hard conversation with a friend. Because even though they have a high level of confidence in the workplace, when it comes to talking about something difficult with a friend, it's it, it sends a lot of us running the other way. Um, because we have a natural aversion to conflict, especially with women we love, ironically, right? Um, so that's the second thing that I feel like people don't know and probably should. Um, the third thing about this business and and my personal life and how they intersect is I often get asked, you know, what do I even do? Um, Like, what do I do all week? (laughs) What does my week look like? And my week is split up into three things. Um, One, coaching sessions. Um, That is my favorite thing. I don't care how big the brand gets. Uh, That will always be my number one. Um, You know, I'm in this business world. I have entrepreneur friends. Um, I'm friends with women who have multiple six-figure businesses. And they always say, you know, as you grow your business, you have to let go of those one-on-ones because there's more money in, you know, selling the courses and, and doing things where you can remove yourself from the front lines and just have people pay. And that's your passive income. And I've never talked about really like money or business on this show. And I hear what they're saying. And I think that makes total sense. But coaching is literally the the thing that brings me the most joy is looking at you, whether you're coming to see me in person or virtually, looking you in your eyes and going through it together during a 75 minute session and some of you multiple sessions and kind of watching you have your aha moment and um, is like is my favorite thing. So I don't care how big the brand gets as we get more press and and these book deals. And I know that uh, when the book is is published 
that will send me on a on a press tour and speaking stuff and all that and I'm excited for it um but I never want to be in a position where we don't have time for coaching sessions so most of my week is spent with coaching sessions then the second thing is press um, press and media so I am often asked to contribute to my opinion or insights to uh, various media outlets so I have a lot of podcast interviews during the week and um, recently CNN just interviewed me which is so freaking cool and so an increasing amount of my week is actually dedicated to podcasts and marketing and visibility opportunities like that um, and then finally research I'm talking hours of research and I recently started conducting my own research as I've grown increasingly fascinated and informed by others in this space but most of my time is spent studying and interviewing um, researchers who lead in the fields of communication and women's you know motivation and women's primal competition impulses and just all those things um, securing interviews with these oftentimes ladies who lead this research and studying and being up until midnight just like having printed out this multi-page journal and combing through it with the highlighter is a lot of my week um again which I think surprises people because you know we see female friendship as a certain way so if somebody's like I talk about friendship you imagine them getting on social media and giving like tips for brunch or three tips she's toxic and I don't mean to like belittle it, but typically it doesn't go beyond the surface. Um, and that's something I am uh, committed to changing, that we're having more nuanced um, conversations about female friendship from the standpoint of mental, physical and emotional health um, and relational health. Um, and so because I'm committed to that work, hours a week go into um, studying the research firsthand. And the final thing I wanted to share and this sounds like fluff and I'm being so serious, is we have the best community. We have the best community. I mean, think about it. Think about it. When women come together, it's already a good time. Okay? It's already a good time. But when you have women who are intentionally signing up every week to get more information and insight about healthy relationships with other women you put those women in a room together and it's powerful so the comments on the videos for the most part are always positive and not just like oh praising me or praising the content but they're in there helping each other they're saying oh I'm struggling with this and another girl comes behind her and is like girl this worked for me I mean it's it's amazing right to have a content that's coming from a place of facts and sometimes you know tough truths um, like some some tough love truths and also from a place of optimism that there is hope. There is hope to, you know, find a way to handle conflict better so you can enjoy platonic intimacy. There is hope for you to rekindle a friendship that you've been ruminating about for years. There is hope to, if you've been struggling with emotional uh, regulation and you've been seeing how that's negatively impacted your friendships, to figure out how to do that so you can enjoy more satisfying relationships and connections with other people. There is hope for figuring out how to go up to somebody with with courage and a little finesse and start a conversation there is hope and the content will always come from that place it will never be a this is why you can't trust women here are a billion signs that she's toxic and toxic people are the worst it's never going to come from that place but as a christian woman the first time a tiktok video went viral i stayed up all night praying 
And I told God that if he expands this platform and he grows it, I will give it back to him. And by that, I mean, I'm intentional about making sure this is never about me. Hence, you see how we're coming full circle here. Uh, Why I have been reluctant to share about myself because I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about you. I believe that God designed us for connection. I know that he designed us for community um, because that's how we get support. That's how we get correction. That's how we get even more connected to him is sometimes through the encouragement of other people. I believe that. But I know that so many women, we don't know how to do that because the assumption is that your girls just go in a room and talk to each other. And it's so much more complicated. And so I really have a heart for this. I'm so glad to see how it's expanded. And I want to thank each and every one of you who listen every week for tuning in to be a part of this. Um, I know that the comment section on a TikTok or an Instagram post is not enough. And so after two years of being asked to do it, we are, uh, we've established a community because I just want to give you enough to, to think about women who are serious and they want more. That's where I'm going and really spending my time. This podcast is only like 15, 20 minutes. I'm really spending my time during the week over with women in coaching sessions and at the Friend Ford Library. So recently we expanded it. It's more than just resources. It's a community and it launches August 1st. So if you want to be a part of it, we have a monthly book club. There's a group where you all can chat with each other. You have the assurance of knowing there are other women in there who are intentional about creating strong, healthy, modern, you know, friendships. Um, And if that's what you've wanted, you've tried Bumble BFF, um, you know, and you're like, it's a really great experience. It's fun. It connects me with other women, but sometimes I don't know what to do next. You know, in this community, it's only $5 a month for the lowest tier. Um, You can join us for our monthly book club. And there's other women in there who will just be chatting, helping each other, sharing insights, sharing cool articles about female friendship, having really nuanced conversations that sometimes social media doesn't allow you to have. We're doing that over there. Um, You can join us by going to betterfemalefriendships.com slash book club. Book club is one of the main things we do, but we're also going to have really great conversations. So thank you for listening to this episode that is totally uh, out of the box and completely uh, goes a different direction from what we normally do and um, just allowing me the freedom to experiment, to share more of my heart uh, here on the platform. And I can't wait to see uh, what we unpack together as we move forward in our ongoing journey toward better female friendship. Until next time.